Let's take off. Bongani and Nala on Radio 2000. So the Association of Black Securities and Investment Professionals uh, says they cannot rule out the possibility that racial motivation played a role um, in the EBSA Group's decision to part ways with the outgoing CEO, uh, Daniel Minele. Now, he was the first black executive to lead the bank and he leaves the group in less than 16 months on being on the job. Uh, on the line, we've got Kaya Sitole, who's the treasurer for the Association of Black Securities and Investment Professionals. Uh, good morning, Kaya. Welcome to the show. Good morning and good morning to the listeners. Uh, look, firstly, uh, let's just, what is your general comment around the EBSA saga um, and its significance in the industry as a whole? Well, I think it is clearly a setback, not just for transformation, but also for APSA as an institution, because the way things have worked out is that today it has its fourth CEO in less than two years, simply because after the exit of Maria Ramos, there was no one to step in, that an interim CEO, and then Daniel came in, and he only lasted for 15 months, and now today Jason Quinn is in charge of the bank. So that type of instability is completely undesirable for any organization, but more importantly for an institution like a bank, which thrives on stability, particularly in its most important office, which is that of the CEO. So it is very concerning, not just for APSA, but I think for everyone that has an interest in the health of our corporates in South Africa. So, so, so Daniel Minele himself says that uh, parting of ways with APSA was it no fault, um, was basically at a no fault basis. Perhaps there was a difference of professional views and approaches. Why do you think that race had anything to do with it? So one of the key issues that we're trying to figure out is what happened at the point in time that um, Daniel was uh, onboarded as the CEO of APSA. So what had happened is that when Maria Ramos left, the question of who should rise to the top seems to have been a bit of a difficult one for the bank. They couldn't yeah. find anyone within the institution to lead it. And then they went and looked for someone else, and then they found Daniel Minelin, who did indeed become the first black CEO of that institution. So when you look at a press statement that says that there was issues relating to cultural transformation, it is impossible to divorce it from the question of whether this was an individual who looked around at his executive team, for example, and said, actually, I'd like to diversify this team. I'd like to change a couple of things and then to face the type of resistance that led to him exiting. So it is something that one always has to explore, particularly for an institution like APSA, which has really struggled with issues of cultural transformation, and that emerged from the statement that they released this week. Yeah. I mean, we've seen a similar thing with um, African Bank, where, you know, the, the former CEO, um, Bosani Malulego, also resigned. And then, I mean, the board, I mean, the, 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 the bank had actually sent out a statement that she's pursuing other career opportunities. Could it be that there is this unconscious bias and maybe we, we just don't want to talk about, you know, these realities like the white privilege and the institutional racism? It, are we still at a place where we're not talking about this and why? No, I think we are exploring ways of engaging with it and asking the difficult questions around how these institutions firstly cultivate and then support black professionals in positions of leadership. I think the evidence in front of us is that there is clearly a lack of uniformity in how these institutions deal with these issues. 
If you look at the African bank case study, for example, what makes it different from APSA is that Basani had been there for a while and she had been part of the formulation of the strategy only for the bank to then say, actually, maybe it is not the way you want to go. The difference with APSA is that APSA, unfortunately, has had to undergo multiple strategies in recent times. They had a strategy of trying to separate from Barclays, which was overseen by Maria Ramos. Then she left before that could be finalized. So then you had an executive team that had to finalize that strategy and then create a new strategy of what the bank was supposed to look like after the Barclays separation had been completed. And as soon as they started on that process, then there's a new CEO, and we know that every new CEO wants to formulate their own strategy. So there's been a lot of instability and a lot of confusion within the apps of stable, unfortunately, which hasn't been a good thing for anyone. So I do think that the question around the issues of executive support, particularly for black executives, is something that we're continuously exploring, and the clear data says that we don't have a plan or we don't have a holistic uh, uh, um, approach being practiced by the big institutions. You know, if you look at this, I mean, here you've got Daniel Minele, right? He was the deputy governor of the Reserve Bank. Um, you've also got um, Ubasani Maluleke. Um, you know, these people are well-experienced. Um, they're well-traveled. They're respected in the industries. But they still struggle to say to stay within those institu- institutions in the financial industry. So what do you think needs to actually happen for real transformation to happen? Well, I suppose at the point of uh, these exits, one always has to go back and ask the question of who was in the room when the decisions are made. And mm. we do know that in relation to the banks, the hiring of a CEO is not an ordinary matter. It is a process that requires the entire board to be engaged in the process, vet and thoroughly deliberate on a candidate before they employ them. So whenever you then see an exit that leads to the CEO actually leaving the room, we always shine the spotlight back onto the board that was responsible for managing that relationship. And the evidence that you've seen in the African bank and indeed the APSA case is that the banks have fallen woefully short of that particular responsibility. In fact, we do think that there is a conversation to be had around the suitability of those boards in particular to actually deal with the task that they've been given of governing institutions of this nature. Um, And also the Black Management Forum said it's going to write to the board uh, of EPSA um, just to try and find, I guess, the reason behind um, the CEO Daniel Mineta's departure. Um, How long do you think this process is going to take? Well, it is in the interest of APSA to respond expeditiously because the key issue here is that yet again they find themselves with an acting CEO. They need to start the process of finding a permanent replacement very soon and you actually don't want to delay this process by not engaging with the different stakeholders that would like to find answers. And I think the importance of those engagements is that whoever then considers the opportunity and says, I might want to put up my hand and go and join APSA, will have to reflect on what we've heard and what the BMF has heard and then say, is this the type of institution I want to join? So APSA needs to be as transparent and as very clear about the circumstances underpinning this. Otherwise, they'll be shooting themselves in the foot because you'll then see that the pool of potential applicants will severely be reduced if people cannot understand what just happened. Yo, Kaya, um, <laughs> we are going to leave it there. Thank you so much for speaking to us this morning. Thank you. Uh, that was Kaya's toilet treasurer uh, from the Association of Black Securities um, and Investment Professionals speaking to us about what's going on yeah. um, in the financial industry. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. with Bongani and Nala. Let's take off.